Hi, everyone. Just before the show starts, I wanted to talk to you real quick about the place where the podcast is right now, sort of a state of the podcast moment. Um, we're doing really well on the Patreon and all of those things. And the reason I bring that up is because, uh, you know, I don't talk about it very much and I'm not super open about it, but the uh, I am a struggling academic in a lot of ways. Um, I don't have a full-time job in a lot of ways. Uh, no Cartridge is sort of like my second full-time job. Um, and the rest of the time I spend watching my daughter, uh, so, you know, who is three years old and, and growing up fast. So a lot of this, uh, a lot of the times when I ask for Patreon and PayPal pledges, um, it's coming from that position, but certainly I never want to feel like I am, um, uh, what's the word holding you guys ransom. Let's say, um, I did just want to say that though. I felt like I should be open with you guys about where that is all coming from and why the project means so much to me in terms of monetary value. Um, I am, of course, totally overwhelmed and pleased with all of the well wishes and people saying how much the podcast means to them. Um, and I'm really hoping I can keep it going uh, long, long into the future. Um, so, yeah, if you if you want to, if you if you see some value in it, uh, head on over to patreon.com backslash Hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. And uh, you can give some money there if you'd like. Uh, Three dollars gets you a... Um, a voting share as to the bonus podcast. Five dollars gets you a uh, uh, entry into the uh, extra podcast stuff, and then more and more as you go up the list. And if you're looking for a more one-time donation sort of thing, uh, PayPal.me backslash Hagelbon. Uh, I use that for production costs, game costs, uh, travel costs for the Vegas trip, whatever uh, happens to be needed. Um, I guess I have travel costs covered. I guess that's more food costs, but. Um, the tips go a really long way too, so absolutely appreciated. But really, uh, as always, just reviews, ratings on iTunes, things like that, all of that really helps make the podcast bigger and grow uh, along with our audience. So thanks so much. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I won't do this every time, but I wanted to give you guys a sort of update and uh, look into the process as it stands. Thanks so much for your support uh, now and in the future, and uh, enjoy the show. Trevor Strunk, uh, Hagelbun on Twitter, and with me again uh, for her second appearance, uh, very, very happy to have back, uh, Erica, who is at Lavos, L-A-V-O-S, X-I-I on Twitter. Erica, welcome back. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh, and you're coming here basically, uh, so we talked a little about this before the show, 
um, and decided that the best thing we could do here today, uh, or, or I decided in some ways the best thing we could do today, is uh, that you could explain to me kind of what uh, MMOs are about. So MMORPGs, massive multiplayer online RPGs, um, we don't necessarily have to talk about the trajectory or sort of the history of them, uh, since I think a lot of people are kind of familiar, but to my mind, something that kind of started with things like EverQuest uh, and, you know... Um, Ultima Online. Yeah, Ultima but... Online, for sure. Uh, what is it, RuneScape? Is that is that one? RuneScape, I think, was like early 2000s. It was definitely okay. kind of along the same line. Okay, yeah. Um, it might have been pre-World of Warcraft. I think it, I think it might have been, but... It, RuneScape was a browser game RPG, okay. like MMORPG, in the same vein that something like Ragnarok Online is, okay. where okay. it's less sure. about it's less about combat. RuneScape was, and more about like infinitely leveling a number of skills through grinding, and then being able to trade that kind of skill in for social clout. Fun, kind of like oh, that reminds me of another one, Eve Online, which I've told this story on the podcast before, but. Uh, a friend uh, used to really be into it, and he would say his description of it was he would leave his actual job. He worked at a, a beer uh, distributor, which, uh, if you don't live in Pennsylvania, is the place the state makes us buy our beer, um, and uh, which is a cool job. And then he got off work and went home to a second job, which was running a corporation in EVE Online, um, or working, being a grunt in a corporation. I'm not exactly sure where he was in the game. But uh, that sort of reminds me of that, where it's a lot of grinding. It's space, but it seems kind of like uh, office chairs in space. Um, and then, you know, the game really changes when World, when World of Warcraft comes out, uh, and that sort of gets us into the contemporary moment of MMOs, uh, where the game we'll talk a little bit more about today, uh, games like Final Fantasy XIV, uh, really start to come out and, and, and uh, I don't know, be like these super big money makers, be like incredibly popular games. Well, an important thing to remember is that pre pre World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XI comes out, and XI is very it's very like old school RPG, and it's it's very much in the vein of Final Fantasy, but even more so, mm-hmm. in that it's just like it's super grindy and it's designed to spend your time, like in such a way that you would be you can level in that game and gain experience and then you can die and then you lose levels like you mm-hmm. will it's very much like if you ever played something like gauntlet yes like you sure. can actually you can be de-leveled in that game which is unheard of now considering the amount of time uh it, it takes to gain any of that oh i mean it, people people would revolt i mean you, you see in like there's all those reaction videos to people losing characters and um yeah. sure yeah, Final Fantasy XI was past the time where permadeath in a game was considered like maybe maybe not a normal option, but like something something that you could fathom. And I think like maybe Ultima Online had like permadeath for characters where you could play it and just be like, well, the first time you get killed, that's it, you're done. Well, it's it's very I mean it's very D and D in that way. Uh, it, you know, like there there are D and D elements too. I, I would say most all RPGs, whether or not they're kind of in the forefront or in the background, this is something I think I talked about in a, like a really old episode, but whether or not the numbers kind of like come up in the foreground or the background, uh, that kind of is the distinction. But, you know, in a D&D campaign, you can play with permadeath. Your character could die if you did tabletop uh, D&D, and, 
you know, in some ways that is kind of true to that style of, of, um, of storytelling. And before we go any further, I, I want to say that I don't, I'm not here to be knowledgeable about like MMO's history. No, no, I'm just, just I'm just wanna, giving like I a basic that, kind of rundown. Yeah, I want to make that clear to listeners that before they get on me online. Oh yeah, that... please don't please don't at Erica about about your, your concerns no, about what she I, missed. What what I know about MMOs historically comes either from firsthand experience or through a combination of hearsay and lip service paid in videos about modern games. Right. I never actually played. 11. I played some of WoW when it came out. I played a little of City of Heroes, which is kind of which was kind of a contemporary. Yeah, I remember uh, that one. MMO, and I also I played City of Heroes very badly, I should say, <laughs> because I never I never ran quests. Oh. I kind of thought it was a game where you just had to kill lots of enemies until you eventually leveled up. So I kind of did that, and I never got very far because that um, the dividends that pays become very small very quickly yeah right yeah and and it seems like i I don't know like part of what you part of what we thought about when we came up with the idea for this episode was uh, this idea that you know common enemies in the game aren't really the end game of mmos um and we started talking about the concept of and this is actually what we are we're sort of interested in um i'm interested in narrative generally and maybe you could tell me a little bit about that in mmos at some point but the one thing that I, I, I really find interesting and I want you to tell me a little bit about is this concept of the raid. So, you know, transparency here, I've never played an MMO. I mean, I've seen them played. I've, I'm aware of what they are. I know sort of like, you know, as much of the history as anyone who hasn't really played one does. But, uh, you know, as far as like actual multiplayer online stuff, I'm limited to very old, you know, like I played some StarCraft and uh, so I'm talking about like original StarCraft um, and Diablo 1, uh, that kind of stuff. And then I just didn't like it and didn't do online multiplayer until Overwatch. So, you know, I'm not, this is a real blind spot for me. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to be asking these questions as someone who like truly doesn't know anything about it. Um, and I'm, I find fascinating this idea of raids, these sort of like bosses that are such special bosses that you need this heavy level of cooperation um but also i would imagine uh solve that problem of uh lessening dividends as you as you level up yeah well the thing about a uh, the thing about a raid is that raids don't occur during leveling like to an to an mmo player to me playing 14 there's kind of two separate there are two segments that you can roughly divide the game experience into which is leveling and end game and leveling is basically you're running you're running content because you need to run the content either to get through the story which is kind of unique to 14 having a required story or it's to gain new abilities or it's to get basically to the level where you can actually go and unlock the stuff that people are doing because 14 and MMOs uh, by and large are about loot. They're okay. about getting things. And 14 and World of Warcraft both do this. Um, they have a lot of things where you can get them and they're like a, of aesthetic value. 
special, you know, special outfits, special accoutrements, mounts that you can show off to your friends, just bits and bobs that you can hang on your character, sure. titles. So if you someone sees you out in the wild and they're like, oh, this is, you know, blank, the blank, this means that they've done X and this is impressive to me. Oh, but interesting. Also, so you get like honoraries, like uh, yeah. like honorariums, if you like beat a beat up a, a particularly Honorari- bad boss. Honoraries or... are, I mean, the like the main currency of MMOs is huh. kind of respect. Okay. And interesting. You you to strangers. This is hard to explain. Basically, you want to impress strangers as fast as possible. If okay. you are doing things that require skill, you generally want people to know. Or if you got lucky, you want people to know. You might not <laughs> like the thing you get, but you sure hope that it stands out. Because mm-hmm. if you, even if you don't like it, at least people will like be in awe that you have it. Okay. And that's kind of the point of MMOs. It is a chance to, like, through your own power get stuff that will impress strangers (laughs) so i mean this is what's so interesting to me about mmos is that in a lot of ways it's it's like the way you're describing it it sounds sort of like a chat room just with like a lot more um artifice a lot more sort of architecture around it wherein like it's this largely social experience that is um i guess the word i'd use is permitted uh by the um I don't know, permitted by the, the, the game surrounding it, by the architecture of the game. Right. Like, in in practice, I've seen people use 14 purely as a chat room. They, okay. they ignore... They seem to ignore the gameplay. There's a particular person that's, like, notorious among my friends and I on the server we play on where they will just get to where all the players congregate at the end of the game, and they will stand there they will stand there they will not move they're not showing off anything because we've looked at their gear we've looked at what they do it's <laughs> it's it's basically garbage weird um, and they just stand there like they'll stand there and then they'll occasionally chime in to talk to people when they're talking publicly but they kind of just stand there and we've seen it on months on end they never appear to do anything they're never they're rarely missing and they kind of just stand in the same spot and they just in chat fact, they must be like because occasionally they'll chime in in public but the assumption is that they must be talking to people in private because there's no they're basically not giving off any of the sort of clout vibes that people who normally stand around do okay. so like, they're yeah they're not showing around, off yeah, if you're standing around, you're usually trying to show something off, and this person doesn't appear to be showing anything off. Huh. So we all assume that, well, this person is paying, you know, $13, $15 a month for a chat room. Who they're chatting with, we don't know. But <laughs> it's basically, like, it's basically Second Life or, like, IMVU or something, but, like, a lot more boxed in. And you yeah. actually, you can't just, like, spend fun bucks to get stuff you actually have to sort of apply a complicated skill set versus a complicated problem Mm -hmm. yeah it's really interesting because the you know you think about these other instances of of kind of like 
very, very high-level chat rooms he talked about, I was thinking specifically of Second Life, that, I mean, the whole point of Second Life is that you get this freedom to create whatever world you want, obviously, Second Life, um, and, you know, we've seen all the videos of how people do it in bizarre and, you know, interesting or not-so-interesting ways, um, but, like, that's a game that, I mean, much like something like Minecraft or whatever, is largely about the creation of some other space. Um, so the social element fits in quite nicely, whereas in Final Fantasy XIV, like, the social element sort of has to be subordinated to the game element in some ways, insofar as, like, there's actually a game mechanic going on. Um, it's like, I mean, the, the, the sort of obvious analogy would be something like, um, the obvious non-video game analogy would be something like if you're playing darts with a friend, um, you're still trying to win at darts. Uh, you know, you can be having a conversation, you can be drinking a beer, whatever, but you're still trying to win at darts. It's not like the darts go away. In fact, the darts is the super level of the conversation. The conversation is sort of the secondary level. Yeah. If you you have to, at some point, look around and be like, oh, we're playing dart. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and this must get, like, really complicated in the raids, right? So, like, once you're past the leveling, I can imagine the leveling is sort of like a social thing. I, I assume leveling you want kind of the guild. Leveling is seen as largely as tedious after a point. Like, it's kind of exciting the first time you go through it mm-hmm. because you're like oh this is you know new content that i haven't seen before this is something to do these are places i haven't seen and i'm getting i'm getting things out of it that are immediately useful but right. as you level the the um the use of the things you're acquiring like drastically drops off because hmm. if you're if you're doing something that's level is like 50 and you're 70 and you get a piece of like level fifty gear. It's not worth anything. It's not yeah, worth no anything wants to buy it. in a gameplay sense. You might like the look of it, mm-hmm. but otherwise, it's it's basically something that takes up a slot. Interesting. So it becomes tedious after the first time you do it. Yeah, and I would imagine that like in terms of a a marketplace, you have like basically all of these characters. This is the other thing that's so interesting to me about MMOs is that they create their own marketplace. And everyone's, you know, mm-hmm. the kind of gray market of MMORPGs where you can pay money for gold or whatever, like actual money for in-game gold, whatever. Um, but I would imagine that, like, because there are so many players that have gone through it, this game's been around, you said, for three years. Like, if if I would imagine most of the players are at, at the level cap, right? Yeah, well, um, they, they shift. Are you familiar with what an expansion is for an MMO? Uh, let me say what I think it is, and you can tell me how I'm wrong. Okay. So my understanding of an expansion is that it is sort of like uh, generally predicated around an event, uh, a sort of like something that happens in the world of the actual MMO. So most of the ones I'm familiar with are from World of Warcraft. Um, where like some new you know evil force will enter the world and change things or ruin things or alter some part of the area or you know produce some new area you can go into and essentially serves as some sort of like new raid boss. Yeah, and, and narratively, it's an excuse to have the character move into a different locale and expand the physical like space of the world and mm-hmm. give justification for new content because. At some point, without expanding anything, you're going to be coming up with like 
more and more elaborate reasons that why things should exist. <laughs> sure. You can't. Uh, there's a point where you can't be like, okay, well, you're here because why not? Like you, everyone is closing their eyes and thinking of a cool place. Right. You, yeah. You have to like. It's generally considered that you have to. Your characters in the game have to be like physically in a space. They can't just they can't just all be a thought experiment. Because then you'd be tabletop gaming, right? This stuff has to exist in the world of the game to give it a certain amount of weight. Yeah, that makes sense. And and so like, I, but I would imagine that like once you kind of work your way through an expansion, or once you work your way through like an, an, the original level cap, or whatever, like once you sort of get to the limit of what you can do well, within sort of like the everyday world of the game that people don't want the stuff you found along the way. I mean, no one would, right? Mechanically, uh, like, imagine imagine an MMO is like an apartment building. Okay. And for whatever reason, your goal is to get to the top of the apartment building. Sure. So you walk up the stairs, and you get out on the roof, and, you know, you've been lugging, you've been, you know, lugging luggage with you. And it's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm exhausted, but, you know, I'm finally here. And you get to see all the other people who have gotten up to the roof with you. And what an expansion is, mechanically, is, okay, well, we're going to add three more floors to the building. We're just going to plop it on you. And the act of leveling is climbing back up the stairs to the top. Okay. So it's like, here is... So narratively, it's like, here's new stuff to do. Um here's new problems to face for your character for the player it's okay here's another here's another thing you need to traverse to get to the point of the game you were at mm-hmm. and the point of your game the point of the game you're at is is past the narrative so do you find those new narrative engagements like tedious it, i know the leveling is but is the is the actual story tedious as well I like this like I like the story. Most players seem to like this story. It's the fact that once you go through it one time, you mm-hmm. still have to make that journey multiple times. At least like the the gameplay elements of it. You have to make that journey multiple times to get other things past that. You don't have to oh. do the story again because your character's already done the story, but you do have to do all the like the gameplay elements of the story again, just removed from the context of why you're doing them. Sure, because okay. that, because running that content serves as the bulk of the leveling experience. Mm-hmm. You go through the storyline to get through the storyline and to be involved in the narrative. You do the gameplay elements because they give you experience points that make the number go up. So every time you have and making the number numbers go up is of course like the big thing. Um, anytime you have an expansion, then do you start? Do you have to like start from scratch or? Um, you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from whatever the end point of the last bit is. Okay. Okay. So the okay, goal okay. post is basically the goal post keep shifting. Okay, that makes sense. Interesting. So once you get to that end game, once you kind of work through leveling, um, and it seems to be that like leveling is kind of the leveling seems to be kind of the stick. If there's a stick and a carrot of um of MMOs. Uh, the stick seems to be leveling, wherein like you're constantly disciplined into running the game again and again and again, yeah. uh, which is of course what they want. Uh, makes sense. I mean, you have to make sure people are playing it. Um, I don't mean that in any nefarious way. I understand why yeah, they would do it's that. Liter- it's it's literally the business goal of the game. 
Yeah, right, exactly. And so, like, uh, that's kind of the, the stick of it. You have to, you know, if an expansion comes out, you have to level up. Um, if leveling is sort of the tedium of it, uh, the end game, I would assume, and, you know, the narrative seems to have its own pleasures, but even 14 seems based around this end game that you're talking about. And the end game then would seem to be the carrot, would seem to be, like, the reward for all that tedium. Yeah, basically. So what I was... I was... I mentioned earlier, and we got away from it. If you would ask about raids originally, it's okay that we got away from it. We, I actually, I actually, it's one of those. Uh, I told you this story so I could tell you this one moments for me because right. uh, I didn't. I needed to know all of that before we got to raids, and I didn't even know I needed to know. So players want to be the best. Okay. And to be the best is partially playing the best, and I have a point about this to make in a little bit. But also, you need proof. And the okay. proof is actually more important than being like, okay, look at this recording, or play the game with me, and I'll show you my skills. You just are like, okay, look at the stuff I have. This must mean I'm the best, regardless of anything else. And the way 14 measures that, and the way WoW measures that is, um, once you hit the level cap, and right now the level cap in 14 is 70, there is a separate level that is the aggregate level of all of your gear, which has its own levels. Um, okay. And that's called an item level. And the goal of the game at Endgame is to raise your item level as high as it can be at any given moment. Is there any item level cap? Well, the, the item level caps out by developer design at a certain number because all the slots you have can only be... There's... You can't level those items up. There is, they're, by design, they cap out at a certain point. Like, the best mm-hmm. the best thing you can have in X slot is item level 340. So if you have okay. all of it, then you cap out at 340. That's as high as you can get at that moment. And that is people's goal, um, generally. So, so let me ask, this might be a stupid question, but when you get an item... You can't level up that item. It's not like a. It's not like a crafting no. thing. It's, uh, no, you, it's you are simply looking for level three hundred forty X. Yeah, it it okay. is. It's an item. Excuse me. It's a, a items give you stats that make you do more damage, and okay. generally make your character like harder to kill and easier to defeat things with. Yeah, just like in any sort of classic RPG. Just like in any sort of classic RPG, and. You want, if you're going to be the best, you need to have the best gear because that makes you, uh, you know, that gives you the starting ground to, like, actually, to actually see your skills in a lot of ways. So here's where I think you're going with this, and let me let me see if I can guess. How do you get the best gear? You have to run the raids. Ah, uh, okay. So, so the so thing t- is, Tell like, me about it, that. So to, if people's goal is to get better gear, then it kind of, the best gear is locked behind progressively harder and harder content, where if you're like, okay, the range of levels right now is 300 to 340, and this is where it is. Now, I get 290 gear just from getting my level to 70 and, and doing the stuff relating to the class I'm playing as, so I get a bunch of 290 gear. Now, from there, I get to go run 
the dungeons that are level 70. Now these give me 300 gear. So dungeons are not considered they're they're end game but they're like easy. Everyone can do them. By design everyone can do them. Okay. They are they are the kind of like they are what you've been trained to do up to that point by stuff that the game has required you to do. Okay. Like so if in some you ways got they're like the previous things this sh- you should be able to get through this. Maybe you're going to mm-hmm. butt your head against it for a moment, but it's it doesn't require a lot of it doesn't require a lot of strenuous thinking. Okay. So okay, that right now you do those to get three hundred gear. Now if you want three hundred and ten, you have to run that content enough that you get a certain currency that you can then exchange for that gear. And then if you want three twenty, you have to go run the easy version of the raids or the hard versions of the um the bosses you can do. Then 3.30 is, well, you run the harder stuff. Oh, you, you run you run all that stuff enough that you get this second, like, more limited currency that you can then exchange for the gear. Or you can run raids and get 3.40, and 3.40 is where it caps out. Okay. So if you're getting... You're spending more time doing harder things to get better things... And that's kind of the way. That's that's the carrot of of MMOs. They're like, do you want the best thing possible to have? Then you have to either spend time or like develop your skills. And even if you okay. have developed skills, you still have to spend time. And can you? Is there any way to kind of get around that? Can you just purchase the thing somewhere? Or? No. Okay. They've, okay. They've very like some of them. I think like old school stuff. You could probably do some. Some of that, like Ragnarok Online or something like that, you're like, okay, I have this thing, I'm going to sell it to whoever wants it for a lot of currency. This is, once you get get an item, it's locked to you. Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah, and there is a whole gray market where you you actually pay people with in-game currency to run things with you that you don't have the skill to do, and they'll... There, they'll do what's called carrying you through something. Yeah, I, you don't. I, I'm sure no. I'm sure you don't have to explain that to anyone. It just means like they they get you through it. They're better level than you are. They're, they're more talented they're, at the game, and they're better at you than the game, and they know okay. what they're doing. Because here's the other point: MMOs are not. They're not what I would consider hard. They're not. It's not like a team sport game or like a game of uh, wit. It's not. It's not chess. It's not mahjong. And it's not even a MOBA because MOBAs have variation <laughs> and you're yes. playing against humans. Um, MMOs are effectively like solvable games. Okay. All content in MMOs besides PvP, where players fight each other, um, which is explicitly like not. I'm not really a part of this progression in level. It is its own separate thing. Everything that the game expects you to do is scripted. Hmm. It's completely scripted now, like on a per second basis. And there's some there's variation in some of it where it's like, okay, they could do this or this or this, but like it's effectively like if you look at if you make like a decision tree. Uh, for the game's logic in any of these things, 
it's effectively limited. Okay, interesting. There is, if you sit down to think about it, and you have all the knowledge, there is an optimal way to do anything. But I would imagine that, like, reaction time has a lot to do with it, because, of course, like, you know, you're dealing with, you're dealing with, like, real-time action, right? Like, this isn't turn-based, is it? This isn't, no, it's not turn-based, but you can know ahead of time everything that happens, like, if a fight is 13 minutes long, you can, ahead of time, know exactly what happens or could happen at any given point of that 13 minutes. Okay. So then, let me ask you. Uh, so I have two. I have two kind of burning questions here, but I think I think I'm going to keep the one for later because this actually adds up a little better. Why does anyone play these games then? Like I, that. That's actually a little mean. I know why people play the game, and you're actually making it sound very, very appealing. Um, what I mean to say by that is, once these things are solved, what is the what is the benefit, or what is the benefit? to playing these games what is the appeal for playing these games when they are such solvable problems i was thinking about this and it's basically it's it's a double it's a double-edged sword these games are very good to play if you are anxious about appearing smart to other people when you play games because you can kind of get around doing new stuff if you have good reaction time in some ways but mmos are like more than more than even any other kind of RPG with the exception of maybe like old school tabletop with the big rule books. Mm-hmm. It's about knowledge. It's about information. Okay. It's it's less about it's less about cha- like the challenge is based on p- giving you things that you don't have the 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 immediate knowledge of. You a part of the process is figuring out what's going on and then the second part of the process is executing it okay so if you are anxious about appearing good at the game if you spend enough time and you pay attention you will just naturally like someone who's played as long as i have to a beginner is i might as well know everything about the game like like right yeah just to someone who is like confused by like they're like having trouble like logging in or they like look at the UI and are just like what's this what's that what does that mean <laughs> there's a lot of things that new players have to really like kind of like get a grip on before they can even do the most basic of things and that's mm-hmm. and that's someone like I've played long enough that I kind of have before before this patch came out like two weeks ago, I had done every piece of content in the game. Every single fight that had come out since the game um, released, I had done. Okay. Interesting. And I I had done most of them enough times that I could by memory, if someone was like, hey, Erica, I, you know, was doing this. Um, And I'm not sure what's going on. Like, why is it doing this? I could be like, okay, well, the answer is X. And I, yeah, you in, just knew. in my mind, I'm like thinking of actual examples, but to people who don't play Fortnite, <laughs> if if I start talking about what that the content of the game, I might as well probably be talking like Alien or something. Right. Yeah. No. And I mean, it's it's really interesting because again, like one of the immediate analogies seems to be like 
forum culture, right? And I don't mean that in the, obviously that's become like a very reactionary phrase um, or a phrase that denotes reactionary behavior. Uh, but what I mean by that is not like 4chan, although 4chan counts for this, but I'm thinking like particularly like something awful, um, you know, the idea that like you, you kind of like you were, your status was determined in some ways by the date that you created your account. Um, or like it was, you know, if you knew certain posters or you understood certain rules, um, then you were able to like appear more uh, experienced or able to communicate within the forum culture. And that happened in little forums as well. Um, smaller, of course, than something awful. It's so interesting to see this kind of like, you know, for someone that spent a lot of time in the internet from like 1998 to 2003, like it's really interesting to see that culture that cultural sort of moment or that cultural sort of impulse uh, replicate itself in, in some ways, obviously not exactly the same, but the same in some ways. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Um, looking at join dates for forums is definitely something that exists beyond something awful. And is like, well, not, not just join date, but just like number of posts. Yeah, sure. And that's very like, Oh, this person has been like to someone who spent like, okay I've, I've been playing this for like an hour to see that number is basically oh it's infinite time they've been doing this infinitely longer than i have because i can right. go i can go into the game and look at exactly how long i spent logged into the game and it's mm -hmm. a very large number and i'm gonna say it for the, the the sake of disclosure it's something like 290 days okay and that's not time like that's not time spent subscribe or anything that's time spent where i've had the game open Mm -hmm. yeah and like maybe it's been paused or whatever but like right yeah I mean, maybe like... i haven't been i wasn't like playing it actively and i just had it open but that's time where i could have like you know i can tab into it mm -hmm. yeah and i mean that's like it's it it's it's kind of interesting the way you're you're laying it out because i think when when mmos first came out there's like well, the reason i'm kind of not shocked by the number in some ways is because well let me take a step back. When MMOs first came out, people got really worried about these kinds of things, right? Like, people would say, like, oh, they played it for, like, an entire year, or, like, someone played it for six days straight and died, or whatever. Like, this idea that it truly is a, a form of, like, almost uncontrollable addiction. Um, not just sort of, like, the addiction that comes from really enjoying something or really being compelled by something, but the addiction that comes from, say, like, you know, I don't know, methamphetamine or whatever, uh, right. that you truly, truly can't control it and it's dangerous to your health. Um and, you know, what's interesting about the way you're saying it is, like, the, the social element here resembles all the things that, you know, in a group of people, you spend a lot of time doing these things almost to a, a sort of obsessive level because, and I'm not saying you are obsessive, but, like, anyone would be obsessive in this level, uh, because you want to garner the, I don't know, the approval of everyone else doing it. Like, you have a, you have a certain kind of, like, social network there, and you're, you're building it. Um, yeah. And I don't mean social network is in Facebook, but social network is in like a group of people that you care about on some level. Yeah. The thing yeah. about this, about like 14 now compared to like, wow, wow didn't even do this when it came out. This was, I think people, people taking a look at the game and not knowing what it was and being like, well, this person played for six days straight conceivably someone could play for infinity days straight mm -hmm. but 
after a point, MMO stopped having effectively infinite content, and it's generally not content, but infinite time sync. Okay. Yeah. Where it's generally considered a, a quality of like free to play MMOs, stuff like Maple Story or RuneScape, where mm-hmm. you can make a number go up with with infinite time. You could have a number go up effectively infinitely. Right. Stuff like 14 and World of Warcraft, they have they have a finite amount of content. They have a finite amount that any number can go up. Like once I hit 70, I can't go any higher until they until they let me. Once I hit a certain item level, I can't go any higher until they let me. There are skills that will not like there any number in the game has a cap. And this is okay. I think deliberately to distance itself from that very that I think they realize that MMO players are obsessive and the things <laughs> yeah. that they're obsessive about are numbers going up because it means that it's something that it, it's it's like I said earlier, social clout. There was mm-hmm. like the guy who got I think like logging to twenty or like a hundred or something first in RuneScape, they were they were like a celebrity in the game. Like the person <laughs> who got to a certain point first was a celebrity. There's like a free to play MMO out right now where there was some I can't remember the name of it, but it's kind of been a little a minor internet deal. Mm-hmm. There's like there's like a door in the game that you can't go through unless you're level two hundred. <laughs> and nobody was level 200 and they crunched the numbers and were like okay it's going to take this amount of time to optimally reach that level mm-hmm. so there were actually there were tons and tons of players helping one guy try to get there wow with the basis just to see what on, was in there just to see what was in there and the guy they get the guy to 200 he's like he has it he's like streaming it he goes in the door he turns the stream off and he just like huh? disappears what he, he he just like he he gets in there. All right, he might have turned it off before he went in there, but like everyone was like, okay, we're we want to see what's in there, and he he like goes in by himself. I don't know if he I don't know if he says anything. I don't know if he returns or if he says anything, or if it's basically just like you have to do it yourself. Whoa, that's it, it that's was, a that's a real jerk move. On, it might have been on Kotaku or something. Wow. But yeah, so, that seems to be that seems to be what people think MMOs are like, where it's like, okay, conceivably, if you cared enough, you could just you could just play it forever, and there would be like a like something that would increment upwards, and like fourteen World of Warcraft are not designed towards that; they're designed towards getting you to a place where you can do specific content. And then when you're done with that content, there's and there's a lot of it, but once you're yeah. done with that, you're you're out of it. Like you, the you game can't do is anything else in the a, game. Yeah, you can play PvP and you can talk to people. Like you can start a new character, right? Yeah, you can start a new character, but there is a point where you run out of things to do and you run out huh. of numbers to make bigger. I wonder if that also increases, like, if that's also a, a move to increase demand for the game once the expansions come out. Because, of course, like, an expansion just in terms of content and raids and stuff is neat. 
but like to also key into that lizard brain moment of like oh i can finally make my character better yeah. again yeah i mean that was that's it like expansions come out because and people buy them because they're like well i need more to do in the game like i care about the people that i've met here i care about the aesthetics and like the gameplay of the game and i have to pay the entrance fee into doing more of that mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily have to buy the expansion but you will be locked out of all the stuff that everyone else you know is doing which no one wants which no one wants so that explains why the expansions uh kind of are interesting on a practical level why you would want to you know do that tedious work of leveling up again um are they interesting from like a gameplay perspective is there something about the raids that appeals to you as someone who like not just enjoys the new content or the new things you're getting or whatever but enjoys like the kind of like i don't know as you described it like the puzzle of of the game itself it is it's a new it's a it's new information okay because it te- it tends to be that there are certain building blocks to the way they make content and that when they make expansions and when they even they make new content like in patches to the expansions um, they're like, okay, we have to make new things. We can't just use, we can't just remix all the old stuff we did and then, you know, put it on a new enemy and go like, all right, enjoy this new thing when it's just really just stuff we've already been doing, but shuffled up in a different direction. Mm, of course. So the burden is partially on the developers to come up with new things for players to do and to be, to be faced with a new thing that you that you're not exactly sure what it is. The interesting part of it to me is to then integrate that into what you generally consider the developer's tool set and be like, Hmm. so when you see it again, you cannot be surprised. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, in a way it kind of like, it actually brings the game to life in the way that you enjoyed it in the first place, which is that, you know, you're building up to something, but also it's new, it's different, it's it's surprising, it's whatever. Yeah, and when they add, like, okay, it's like, okay, everyone who plays your class can do... All the stuff you can do is changed because we wanted to make combat changes um, and balance changes, and also they can do these these new things. There's a puzzle in, in looking at all this and being like, okay, what's the, what's the optimal thing to do now when I play this character? Mm-hmm. And that yeah. has a term for that has a term for characters, and it's called like for players, and it's called a rotation, mm. where you are like, okay, what is the rotation for this class to do optimal DPS? And DPS is right. of course like damage per second. Yeah. So you get to look at all the new things and be like, okay, if I do this, 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 then this, then this, then this this is like the best way to play the class, and then anything else that falls short of this is just you know it is a certain percentage of the way there and depending on the player that percentage like what percentage is acceptable changes interesting yeah i mean that's like it's it it reminds me in some ways of like when and because i'm not competitive i i don't pay as close attention but it reminds me sometimes of when like the the lists of what gets buffed or or nerfed on um 
Overwatch games uh, come out when like they do their they do their updates. So like, oh, you know, the rockets, Soldier 76's rockets do 50 damage instead of 75 or whatever, right? Like, yeah. um, and, and there's like a way to. Oh, good. Sorry, uh, I've talked, I've talked to people who play, maybe not pro, not pro Overwatch, but they play with pro players. Yeah, they, they they're like they, they're competitive. Yeah, yeah, sure. they take the game, they competitive game really seriously. And I used to do this when I played TF2. I didn't play competitively, but I cared a lot about the numbers because mm-hmm. that represents sort of the knowledge base of the game when you when you take out the mechanical execution. And right. FPSs are like predominantly they're a, a very large part of any FPSs mechanical execution. Yeah, you can't really divorce it from that. I mean, in yeah. some ways over we I've talked about Overwatch in other episodes and, and the ways in which it tries to divorce it from that. Um, and I think like a lot of FPSs or, uh, well, Battlegrounds isn't quite an FPS, but in some ways it is. Um, a lot of those games are, are kind of trying to divorce it just from mechanical execution, but it's always there. I mean, for sure. Right. And those, when I played TF2, I could get around it a little mm-hmm. because of, because of the way the game was designed where it didn't, it seemed to prioritize knowing things. Knowing maps, yeah. knowing how much character, how much like damage characters could do in X amount of seconds, and at what, and at like X range, and even if you weren't super good at like putting a mouse cursor on something and clicking it at the right time, if you knew more than they did, you could generally gain the upper hand because they right. would try things that to you, you could put yourself in situations where the things they tried were like less meaningful yeah no for sure and that like that uh, you could even and uh, you can kind of make situations like that more and more as you know the numbers better and better right like so i can know the maps in an overwatch map but at the same point if i know the optimal character to play when like a certain person is playing a different character or if i know the optimal attack to use at a certain moment um you can you can internalize all that and if you can actually internalize it well, be way better at the game than anyone you're playing against. Yeah, but it, Overwatch is still something where, like, in your in your head, in the game you're playing in your head, the theoretical thing where you know all the numbers, and you're like, okay, they could do this, they could do this, they could do this. Even if you know ahead of time exactly what you're going to do, there's still you still have to make the counterplay with your own skill. You right, can't just true. You can't just be like, okay... This is what I would. This is what I can do to shut it down. You still have to actually do it, and there's an execution there that it's difficult because you're like, okay, like in the perfect world, I'm playing Zenyatta and I can just shoot, hit the guy in the head, and I know if I hit the guy in the head with the Discord on, it'll do enough damage to kill him instantly before he gets the ult off. Now in right. practice, it's very hard to do this. Yeah, in practice, I'm going to yeah get a headshot every time. Right, of course, that's that's very true. So in in that's a good point, and I'm wondering now that you're saying it in 14 or in other MMOs, is that execution muted in some way? The execution is still there, but like you can you can really 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 get around it by just knowing ahead of time what you're doing and like paying attention. The execution part is a combination of knowing what's happening knowing where what's knowing what's happening currently knowing what's going to happen um managing your own resources 
managing your rotation and then mm-hmm. paying attention to everyone else to make sure they're following along in pursuit of whatever the goal is, which is, I mean, it's always to defeat, excuse me, to defeat the enemy. So it is, it is almost like a much more, it's not really an execution in, in the sense of like, well, it can be, but it's not entirely an execution in the sense of like, put your mouse cursor here and click here, or have, have good mouse skills or good reflexes. It's also this managerial problem, right? Yeah. It's, it's, a it's, you can think of you can think of all content in the game as a question and answer hmm. where the question is basically puts all this information ahead of you and and it asks all right what buttons do you have to press in what order at what times to succeed and the harder the content the more complicated the answer becomes because it's mm-hmm. something in something like that's low level and like the stuff that's explicitly to train you about what what to kind of expect from the game the answer is and I, i'm gonna i'm just gonna like list a string of uh like numbers and letters yeah go for it like the answer would be something like one two d one two a and that's it. You basically you do your two attacks. You move to the you move to the right. You do another two. You move back. Okay. So that's that's like a very simple button string, and that's what you can you can effectively change make all the content into a problem where that kind of like string is the answer. So what would be a more complicated string? I mean, I can list from memory the way I have the way to do the rotation for one of the DPS classes. Yeah, do it. Um, so it's okay. <laughs> it's shift four five times. I press R three times because it, it form shifts me, and then G control one. No, yeah, G control one, control two, three one two. Um, three, control one, control two, four, one, two, yeah. three, control one, control two, three. So, something like that, where it's like, I, I kind of botched it a little, but... No, but I mean, you, I, I tried to follow along with my hands, and I, I, as slow as you were going, I couldn't even do it. And like, the, the interesting thing is, it reveals what you were talking about um, when you were saying that someone who's get, playing the game as a new player is going to look at that and be like this person may as well just be playing a different game yeah if you ever if you're like if you ever know anything about fighting games and you watch like or speed runs and you watch someone like you watch a view where you can see their hands move Mm -hmm. and you're like okay theoretically i know what they're doing but like in execution there's no fucking way i could do the same thing that they're doing. Like, I know that right. what they're doing is that they're pressing this series of buttons, but to be able to to do that, to replicate that, while you are paying attention to other things, because I can do that, and I can use the, like, the WSAD keys and the mouse to move around and do other stuff. Man. And it's, it's actually, it's probably faster than what I was saying, because it's like you have... Well, it's actually slower because you have about a, a second and seventy-five in change to um to like press each button. 
Mm-hmm. But you're also pressing buttons in between those buttons and like also moving the camera and moving your character and doing other things and kind of paying attention to permutations. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's it it reminds me in some ways, and this is always what I've said about uh, when I played a MOBA for the first time, I realized I was like, oh, OK, like I get why esports is a thing. Like I get why you can actually have like professional players. Why people say reminded... things like APM. Yeah, right. Or like, you know, I'm going to jungle it or whatever. Right. Like, or it's just I, I'm just I'm lost when it comes to MOBAs. One of my one of my very uh, most patient friends on Twitter and like I, I think I got into his last his limit when he was trying to teach me it. I'm just completely hopeless. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 cool because like as you're playing it, you're like, oh, I'm enjoying this. But at the same point when you watch people do it professionally, it's like watching put people play like football professionally for me. Like I can, you know, I play football at Thanksgiving with my family and I can, you know, sometimes catch a ball and sometimes break up a pass and whatever. I'm not very good at it. Theoretically, um, you know what they're doing, but like in, exactly in, in football, yeah. there's like a whole aspect, like a whole physical aspect of like training your body and knowing how your body works in physical space. That is not like not quite, and it's not really there in like esports, but it still requires such an incredible amount of focus. Right, and it's that, about the training, and it's about sort of understanding the game at a different level. Yeah, to people who have played it for a long time, that focus is like, well, this is normal. This it's normal to focus this much. And to mm-hmm. people who are new to it, they're like, okay, if I jumped into this side of the pool, I would sink like a stone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I can start to see like the status and, and why that would matter then. Cause of course you're, you're, it's not just like bragging. It's also pointing out like, Hey, look, like I put a lot of time into this. Like I actually know what I'm doing here. Yeah. And a lot, like the thing about MMOs is that a lot of the gameplay is just turning the visual information you see into into kind of like a, a, a map in your head that you can like start to see what buttons you need to press around. Hmm. It's there's there's a certain amount of like interpreting visual noise, uh, visual noise, and mm-hmm. being able to focus yourself when the game is designed to take your attention towards other things. Uh, this is something yeah. I was saying about. Um, 14's current final boss and by final boss I mean like required like story wise so it's meant for people to be able to finish Right. part of the difficulty for new players or for players who don't do harder content because there was a very clear divide to me between players who had been doing harder things and how they reacted to it and players who were just kind of like playing through the story because they they're like oh i have a character i'm gonna buy this because you know i want to see what happens um there's a very clear divide between the two because they the players who weren't used to that kind of thing would they would get psyched out they would the the thing would be so visually noisy and so um so kind of intimidating that things that were actually when you broke it down fairly simple would would prevent them from from like making that making like that judgment call. They yeah, were, they weren't able to make the choices in the way that you kind of laid out, where you have to kind of be able to make them immediately. Yeah, they would. They it would cause them to overthink things and make bad calls 
and hmm. just generally and like start they would like get lost they're just like i don't know what's happening i don't know what the safe thing to do is yeah i i'm i'm busy focusing on this so i can't do the thing that i'm supposed to be doing which is to do damage and, and then once you're not doing that you may as well yeah you're basically just kind of like running around not helping yeah. anyone huh but to people who are used to that kind of thing it's like you you very quickly are able to cut through that visual noise and cut through all that and be like okay i'm looking at this on a pure mechanical basis like instead of like this cool thing happening i'm like this is gonna be ha this is gonna happen this does this amount of damage it knocks you back 20 feet what do mm -hmm. i need to do to prevent this from killing me outright do i need to get healed do i need to stand in a specific spot for this thing do i need to you know do i need to move left and then right do i have to pay attention to this do i have to like save save cooldowns like what do i have to do to get mm -hmm. through this and these are questions like for required content that are actually like pretty easy they're, they're yeah, pretty sure. forgiving they have a, a fairly they have a fairly wide range where if you consider the correct answer to be five, any any number from like zero to fifteen would suffice. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 extremely they're extremely large error bars basically. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a a, a pretty big margin for error, and when you hmm. get to stuff that's like rating, that margin for error drastically shrink like shrinks. So in a way, I mean, MMOs are basically games designed for people. Uh, the end game of MMOs are are games. Uh, designed for people that were just like basically interested in the uh, the emerald ruby and ultimate weapons in Final Fantasy 7 like playing through those optional bosses but wanted kind of like even more of a challenge yeah because they wanted to do it with they wanted to do it in real time with seven other people who all right, have yeah. to be doing the same calculations in their heads that's the difficulty because you're not playing by yourself right so you have right, to you have to make you have to make all these deliberations for yourself and and also a you have to rely on seven other people to make the same deliberations but b you have to in your head at almost all times be thinking about the deliberations those seven other people are making um and see like if someone makes a mistake you need to immediately fill in for that like that's right that's that's part of it like you can do it perfectly but but perfection is hard to get and really the realistic thing is some people will make minor mistakes that you have to immediately notice mm -hmm. or else your whole team's gonna fall apart right yeah basically and then you have to start from the beginning yeah right huh so let me ask you this last question because i we're, we're, we're coming up on an hour this is all super fascinating and actually i never I have to I have to thank you because I knew none of this about MMOs. This is like this is basically a crash course for me, um, and I hope it's been a crash course for the audience. I think probably um, it's like super interesting. Uh, I'm interested though. It's something that's been in the back of my mind the whole time. How much does cosmetics play into the game? Which is to say, you're talking a lot about like 340 armor, 330 armor, like armor you get from raids or you know the the different classes in the game, whatever. Um, not classes of uh, of character, but classes of people, people who play like the required stuff and people who kind of go beyond, right? Um, my question is like, 
is there is there a lot of vanity about the look of the items as well, or is it just about getting the strongest ones? Oh, absolutely. Um, people will people will complain and are currently complaining that they're like, oh, <laughs> the strongest stuff in the gear looks like shit. Why is it designed <laughs> like this? Um, people will complain about the way other people's characters look, and <laughs> it's something where like if you ever played TF2. There's like, okay, I know a new player when I see it because a new player always has these two items. Um, right. They they always wear the ghastly gibbous because it's super easy to get because you just have to kill another player who has it. And they always <laughs> have the pyromancer goggles because it's the same thing. Like these right. are like these are the items people wear when they have no other items and they're starting off in the game. <laughs> so people will generally like they will look at a character and like make value calls about the player based on what the character looks like and Interesting. like there's right now to me the best example is like the level 63 dungeon drops drops like sets of armor that is extremely like basically just like a like a bikini okay and it's 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 weird it's weird design cuz they've like never they've never made a set so like so like obviously like supposed to be like arousing before yeah of course right like like something that's actually meant to be used as gear like you can you know there have been like okay you've been you've been subscribed for x amount of time here's a bathing suit or you know here's some cosmetic stuff but this is like okay this is gear that has numbers attached to it that people are going to use so every time I see a character who is wearing that stuff, because um, they have it like glamoured to the gear they actually have on, there's mm-hmm. and this is glamouring has basically been a long part of, of like MMOs because people want to look good, but they don't want to actually have to wear the gear because they like the numbers. So you can make yeah, gear sure. look like other gear, and getting oh, and getting gear. A common joke among players is that um glamours is the end game of 14 like the actual end game is just to get stuff that makes you look good yeah no i mean that 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 was that was sort of the soul of this question because it seems like on some level that that must be the case but yeah i'll see characters who are wearing like bikini armor and i will make instant value calls about what kind of player uh is controlling them and like sure i've been like 95 percent right <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, you you kind of have to expect a, a type of care, a type of player at that point. Like, I'm like this, not... this person is like, they clearly don't give a shit about being horny in public. Yeah. So either they like, they so they they probably don't care how other people play the game, which either means that they're going to do very badly, mm-hmm. or they're going to impose their their optimizations on everyone else which is the case of of i had i was playing with friends and we got in a group that had two of these people and they were talking to each other and they were going they were playing in such a way that's like okay we want to do the most damage but fuck everyone else oh so they were doing they were optimizing it for themselves with no consideration for anyone else What's the benefit of that? Well, they did more damage. 
Is that something that matters? Uh, I mean, to me, in that when I was looking at it, I'm like, it doesn't matter if it this fight takes a minute or two longer because there's no there's no chance of failure. There's no like mm-hmm. there's no timer. Right. So to me, it doesn't matter. To them, it's probably like, okay, we have to we have to play our best at all times or what's the point you're strong or whatever yeah, but they right, were yeah. basically like they were basically like imposing this on strangers to deal with hmm. where they're that that way of playing is very demanding on the people who have to heal them right sure of course i mean it's that they, were, they, were, they were tanks who were playing who were trying to optimize their dps which is not like supposed to be what tanks do Right, it's it's actually kind of a new person way of playing the games. I I know like when I again with Overwatch, the the that's one of the things that they brought in from other um, multiplayer games, like the idea of the tank, the idea of you know the support character and stuff like that. And I would play tanks and run right into combat, and it doesn't really work. Like you're not supposed to be doing the damage; you're supposed to be soaking it up. I think I think a, like a, a very old joke about this is like, you know, new players just try to. New players just, like, try to figure out what's going on and then, like, rush in and give no consideration to other people. And once you start to play it a little, you know, you you have considerations, you know what everything does. And then at a certain level, you're like, okay, I'm back to not giving a shit. Like, I just want to be the best <laughs> at what I'm doing at this point. Right. I think I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of a Counter-Strike joke where it's like, new players are just holding the knife, the knife, and then, like, veteran players are just they have armor and they have guns and they buy buy all the equipment and then like the best of the best are just holding the knife again yeah right but like for different reasons than the first people yeah yeah that makes sense i i just find this whole thing really really fascinating i'm I'm glad that you came to talk to us about it because this idea of like status and you know building up levels and and all this stuff i mean it's just it's 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 super interesting i i'm really i really really liked it i i spent a lot of time talking around the game and talking in generalization because I don't want to I don't want to like appear like a big nerd and start mm-hmm. talking about all the actual like names of things and I and I, mm-hmm. I was already feeling self-conscious when I was just like okay these are the numbers of the gear and like <laughs> even without like mentioning nouns and I actually yeah. I was fully intending on talking a lot about uh, the narrative of the game Mm-hmm. And uh, I can still do a quick run through if there's like five minutes or something. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you if you if you want to go through it, that's fine. I'm gonna try to make this as quick as possible. So sure. the way 14 works is it's basically a single player Final Fantasy game that happens to also be an MMO, where you go through a storyline where you are considered like you are the protagonist, and you become the most helpful and the strongest person in the room at any given time that everyone turns to <laughs> to do stuff. Okay. And at this point in the storyline, because um, when you actually do content, you have to run it with other people. That's the MMO aspect of it. Okay. But in the storyline, those people don't really exist. You're basically just doing stuff on your own. So hmm. there's a lot of points in the story where they're like, okay, go, 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 um, go siege this go siege this castle with your, like, friends, like, who just happened to show up. And now yeah, they started random friends about, about it, where, like, wow, like, you're, you must be the strongest person. You and your seven other friends who aren't here anymore. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that's that's really that's really clunky. I'm surprised it works so well. Yeah, and there's also they they started to make it so that all players can do raids, at least a certain version of them, just to mm-hmm. just to do the story because they have story attached to it. And they're like, okay, well, if we have stuff that has story attached to it, we want everyone to be able to experience it without like too much strenuous, like. Too much strain. Yeah. So you can sure. like, okay, I'm doing the easier version of this so I can see what happens in it. This is a change from when the game first came out. Well, when 2.0 came out. And there's a whole change from the history of 14 is basically that it started as 1.0 and then it failed. And so they remade the entire game and re released it hmm. as 2.0, which is actually a sequel to the original game, but you can't play the original game anymore. Um, oh, <laughs> there is a whole, there's a really good, I think it's, I think it's on no clip like Danny O'Dwyer's site. Okay. Um, they did a whole, they did a three part documentary about why 1.0 failed and how 14 basically came back from the ashes and how they hmm. did that. Cause they were, they were basically, they were making an entire new MMO while they were, um, providing content for the original one. Oh, and then they weird. release a game that is essentially a sequel to the original game, but nobody can play the original game anymore. And they actually talk about how this is explicitly has the effect of like making all the stuff that happened originally into sort of a myth, where you're talking to players who did it, and to you it it, it it's like wow, like I never saw this and I can never see it, so all it exists in is story. That's amazing. So yeah, they let players do all this content. Um, now, because back in 2.0, they had a whole raid that had vital, not vital plot, but like very interesting plot, mm-hmm. considering the lore of the game. Yeah. And it was locked behind being able to run the content, which was considered extremely difficult, right. at least relative to everything else in the game. And so people got a little upset about it. And so pe- people probably got a little bit upset about it, and they're like, okay, well, we're going to do easier versions. And it's also because WoW started doing this, and WoW mm-hmm. was probably doing it before they were. They're like, okay, we're going to make easier versions of all this stuff so anyone can run it. Interesting. And you can get you can get certain gear from it, and it'll be, you know, like... It'll be just something for you to do, and you can experience the story and gear your character. And then the raids all exist in this basically this like imaginative state within the game where the story for a lot of the end game like the very hardest raids are like okay you went and talked to an npc that resembles the lead developer of the game and he sings <laughs> you a story about your your heroic deeds and then the her- the story of your heroic deeds inspires in you like a new memory of what you had done which you can then experience Basically, you're living out the mythical version of the thing you did. Oh, fascinating! So you're like, okay, i I defeated, I defeated this dragon. Well, this guy's now gonna sing me a song about me defeating the dragon, and then you get to play out the, the mythical version of your victory, where it's like considerably more complicated and difficult, and in some cases, totally different. That's really interesting. So, uh, 
Hey man, we we should probably have you back on to talk about the talk about this specifically. But the the it seems to me like all of the mechanical kind of like I'm trying to think of a good way to say this, like practical choices, the kind of dull or necessary choices like, you know, remaking the game or um, you know, making an easier level or something like that are all folded into the narrative and world-building elements of the game itself. Yeah, because no longer are they like, okay, well, we can put story in this these raids that only a certain fraction of the, the player base can do. Now we have to kind of... Um, we have to give consideration to the majority of the players and let them experience this stuff while also having a plausible in-universe justification for having multiple versions of something. Right, sure. And previously they're like, okay, you fight this boss multiple times because the the um, the people who summon them are summoning them multiple times. And then they realize that, okay, well, after a certain point this gets really silly because if, it's, <laughs> if the thing they're summoning is this powerful, it should be mandatory to fight them in the plot. Because right, it would have, and then also it would have you know ramifications for everything that happens in the plot if 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 this oh, could happen. Point. So they're like, okay, we have to stop doing that. We're basically going to have one canonical version of all these events that happen, and then there's going to be a second non-canonical, but still like still like weirdly linked to the game version of these events where you can go experience basically a dream or yeah. an imaginative rendering of the thing you had done but in such a but you still get gear out of it that you bring back into the real in-game <laughs> well universe. of course i mean yeah that's so the, you can that's be, the carrot you can, right yeah you can be talking to you can be talking to npcs and stuff and you'll see your character wearing this gear and you have if you think about it you're like okay well this character is wearing this gear that they like in universe have just pulled out of nowhere yeah, like they right. must it's have just gotten, dream gear. They must have gotten it from somewhere, but the somewhere is they got it from a chest in a dream, and then right. somehow this transferred into the real life. And nobody ever mentions this because it's not work. Because it's just like it's one of those things where it has to happen because it's an MMO, and they've already made enough like considerations towards like plot reasons. Well, I like and I like that they do that though, and that's what's really. I mean, one of the things that I really liked about our talk is that it reveals these things that. I thought were still true about MMOs, but aren't right. This idea that like content is limited for a reason, but then also this idea that like you can't just do anything you want. It's not a totally blank slate. There needs to be sort of plot. I mean, and not for every MMO, but for 14, there seems to be need to be plot like justifications for it, which I find totally fascinating. There has to be grounding for like the aesthetics and the con and the things you're doing, because if there isn't any sort of grounding, then there's no weight to anything that you do, and you need right. you need that weight to kind of like you need that weight so that when you the things you have like feel good to have and not just like okay I put enough coins into the machine and I got this thing <laughs> and now I have it and now everyone right. knows how many coins I put into it they're like wow this you know. They must have done X, and this is this is you know, this is intimidating or inspiring. Impressive, it's imp- or, yeah, it's right, impressive because exactly. I know how much goes into it. Hmm. 
Well, that's all. This is this has been great. I I didn't even know how little I knew about MMOs, but I am I'm very grateful for you coming on and talking to us about it. Um, Erica, is there anything you feel like we left out? I mean, probably, but I can't I can't quite think about it. Like I I have lots and lots of specific ex- examples, but explaining all the context required. Yeah, it just seems like it'd be a lot of work. Yeah, I I realized that I'm like, you know. A lot about talk like it's a challenge to me to generalize the game enough to talk about it to someone who's not familiar with it because I'm so used you did great. to talking about specifics. Sure, yeah, of course, and, and that makes sense. I mean, you, you're never gonna you're never gonna talk this way about the game with someone who you know you'd play it with because of course you've all done this already. Right, and I think what's yeah. something that would be fun for you would be to look at people talking about specifics and just seeing seeing if you can kind of grasps if you can like parse at least like part of it okay yeah i will i will look that up i'm actually um kind of fascinated to see what it would be like uh because you know you've i've seen raids on you know videos of raids or whatever and it's all gobbledygook so it would be interesting to see if this was also completely confusing if you are anxious about appearing smart you can substitute that with knowledge base but on the other hand, there is the the nagging feeling that this is not a game of skill. Mm. It's it's a very complicated problem, but it's not it's not a game with variation. Right, which makes it sort of feel it's more a little of, less. It feels like a performance in a lot of ways. Interesting, like synchronized swimming or something like that, where it's it's like, yeah, you're doing something very complicated, but in the end, it if someone spent enough time doing it, they could do the same thing. It's not that like, it's not that kind of like impressive quality that, that like you see someone who's like super good at like basketball or chess or anything like that. And you're like, like I have no fucking idea what they're doing. I think (laughs) I could spend like all my life trying to get to that point and I wouldn't know what they're doing. And it's like, it would never happen. It's a level of like immediate insight that is like scary. And like Mm -hmm. the thing about MMOs is that can't happen. Hmm. It is just like you can develop your skills where you need like less and less time to process the information. But the whole point of the game is still like, okay, I'm looking at all this stuff. I'm I'm coming up with an answer on how to successfully bypass it. What do I need to do to not take too much damage? What do I need to do to do enough damage? How do I avoid this? What does that mean? These these questions all have answers. And at the yeah. end you're faced with you're faced with a solve like at at some point you will run out of challenge. Hmm. That's interesting, and again, kind of goes back to the idea of like the scriptedness of the the narrative element, and also the expansions. Why you'd want more? It's a very like weird so, yeah. ga- existential gameplay thing, where like eventually you're gonna run out of things to do to impress people and to satisfy yourself. There's a there's a level of honesty to that, I think. It's probably true about skill based games as well, but it, for for most of us anyway. Um, it's interesting that they would that that's actually almost built in that existential quality. Mm-hmm. Hmm. There's if you if you watch people getting like world first clears for hard content, 
Um, I know, like, one of the videos, like, it was the world first clear for something, and at the end of the video, they're not like, oh, wow, this game's, like, super good. They're like, like, oh, my God, finally we can go do something else. Yeah, right, like, exactly. Finally we've, like, we've executed the thing. Like, theoretically, they, they've known, they probably knew for days or weeks what to do, and they're finally like, oh, finally we executed it. We're done. Like, we don't we have, go home. like, we've, like, we're we're the first people here. There's no more like the mountains. The mountaintop is here. There's no nowhere else to go. Like we can right. we can leave. Yeah, I mean that and that explains like the kind of cursed quality that people attribute to to MMO sometimes. Like oh, I wish I could stop. Um, this sort of like and not not in the, again like not using the the sort of. Uh, not very useful addiction analogy and perhaps offensive addiction analogy, um, but rather like the analogy of like, I want to keep doing this until I'm done, but I really wish I didn't have to. There's, um, there's a, there is a like quantifiable best way to play and a best player regarding to certain qualities. So it's like the, the thing that springs along a lot of players is like, like I'm working my way towards being that person but like mm. it, when you're at the top there's nowhere like there's nowhere else to go and the mountain yeah. for MMOs is um it is a lot smaller than for something that is like a competitive shooter or something like that that has yeah. randomness and variation and el- excuse me elements of strategy and all that that something like an MMO doesn't have because it's scripted interesting so yeah people get very like People people know that once you see kind of past the smoke and mirrors and b- behind the execution, what you're doing is rep- replicatable. A hmm. machine could do what you're doing, and that's that's irritating. Yeah, that's always the worst thing to realize. Yeah, you're like I uh, like a not only could a machine do what I'm doing, they probably could do it better. Right, of course. So it's 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 something that's not true of. A lot of things like people can beat computers at chess. Yeah, easily, right? Yeah, and people can, you know, a computer can't play, you know, they can't play like a team game. There's there's yeah, there's well, they... certain intangibles to that kind of stuff that like you can't replicate through just like mechanical replication, which you can mm-hmm. in an MMO. And that's hmm. the most frustrating. Even though an MMO has team even elements, though, right? Even though an MMO is like an incredibly complicated to 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 lay people and people who play it, it is still like the fact that it is a solvable game in a way that a lot of others aren't is, you know, it's just it's just frustrating to realize that to be like you're chasing a peak that doesn't seem to indicate much. Yeah. But also, and then of course, still, there's also that drive. If you have bad, if you have bad reaction times and stuff like that, it's still a chaseable peak, and that's that's the that's the mm. encouraging part of MMOs. Is like if you have the time to put into it, you can be the best. Hmm. You just have to have the time. You have to have the time and the willpower to just focus on it. Um. Well, thank you so much. Uh, anything you want to plug? Probably the same thing that I plugged last time. Okay. Um, still your pin tweet. Yeah, still, still a pin tweet. If you if you go to twitter.com/slash 
L-A-V-O-S X-I-I you will see a pinned tweet for an itch.io page where I put up a collection of um, a lot of a lot of like medium length poetry that I did Uh, some of it about you know trying to write about documentaries about movies that I hadn't seen uh, Hmm. writing alongside playing um, N64 games writing about myths that I had just kind of like half read just this this kind of like uh, iterative like very deliberately iterative responses to um, things that I wasn't totally paying attention to and was just kind of mining for um, framework for poetry. Nice. Yeah, I really liked what I've read there. It's 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 really cool stuff. You should definitely check it out. I Erica's very good at at what she does. Yeah, I would appreciate it. like if you if you like poetry, if you like any of those constituent parts, uh, it's called divine spear if you if you like it maybe consider throwing a little money towards it you don't have yeah, to yeah toss some tips in yeah it is it is there it is there for a reason but even if you just read it and you're like oh this is good you know that's that's enough <laughs> nice excellent well, thank you. Please come back again. Uh, I always really enjoy our conversations. And uh, follow Erica on her Twitter at Lavos, L-A-V-O-S-X-I-I, which is, of course, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks. Come back soon. All right. Thank you.